Welcome back, boys and girls. <laughs> I feel like I'm having a howdy doody. Uh, yeah, welcome back, and this is the fourth podcast for the Sarcastic Psychic, and I am Sydney Sherman, and I am the Sarcastic Psychic. I know it's been a while, and I hope you didn't miss me, but you know, it's summer, and uh, I hope you're all as busy as I am, but it's been crazy, crazy, crazy busy. So, but I'm back. Uh, some things that have happened, as uh, hopefully you can tell, and hopefully maybe maybe you're listening, but I'm now on Spotify. Yay! Uh, soon, hopefully maybe today, tomorrow, I will be on iTunes and Apple. So, you know, you can always find my podcast on my website at sydneyshermanauthor.com. Um, you go into the tab, it says Sarcastic Psychic, and you can listen there. But, you know, uh, try Spotify, excuse me. I think it's, um, it's going to be a great venue for me, but you know what? Who knows? So, you know, what I normally do, share a few things with you that's been going on with me, but honestly, other than um, crazy, you know, holidays and weekends and families, kids are doing good, you know, I'm doing good, parents are doing good, everybody's doing good. Um, the topic that I picked for today is, is going to take a little bit longer, it's a little more in depth, so um, other than to say we're all doing good. And I'm now on Spotify. I think I'm going to try to get right to the point. But I can't start without reading a few of the listeners' questions. And again, I'm so grateful that, you know, you're writing into the show. Um, some of these are a couple of weeks old, and I apologize. I've been busy. Don't judge me. So, um, but they're great. The great questions are great. So, you know, let's get right to it. So the first one is from Emma. And Emma says, I saw you on YouTube doing a few TV shows and you looked very comfortable with the subject about the afterlife. It just made a lot of sense. I'm glad I can follow you further on your podcast. I'm glad you can too. My question is before your pop-up told you what was going on and what you were experiencing, what or who did you think these people were that you saw like the one in your kindergarten experience? what did you think you were seeing? Emma, first of all, thank you. Thank you. Um, and great question. And I actually, I get this question a lot, so I don't mind answering it a lot. Um, and also number one, I did enjoy the TV interviews. You know, you have the anchor, the staff people there, you know, people behind the cameras and you wave to them and they make you laugh and smile. So, you know, they made you nice and relaxed. I actually was more nervous doing the radio, um, because there was nobody there that I could really see that I could make fun of. So, you know, that is my MO. So, um, Unless I have somebody I can look up, look at to make fun of, I get a little nervous. But thank you for that. I did enjoy it. So now let me tell you what I thought. When you're little, before you're biased, and before somebody's told you what to think, when you see people of different ethnicities or different cultural persuasions, uh, what do you think? Well, they're people. They just look different, right? Well, that's not all I thought. I didn't know to think any different. So to me, these people who were presenting to me were people. They were just different. I mean, it's as simple as that. Um, Emma, I could make it more difficult, but it's really not. And I think if you look back at when you were a child, again, before, you know, people have told you different things and now you, that's how your belief is. When you saw people as a child, you didn't differentiate between color or nose shape or forehead or hair length or color of hair. I, you, they were just people. They were people. That's all they were. So that's what I thought. So hopefully that answers your question. And um, again, thanks for the question, Emma. That was a great one. So the second one's from Archie. <laughs> I gotta love Archie. Archie had let me know that she's a girl. Because you know, honestly, the name could be both. So I, I do appreciate that. I love the name. 
And I thought about it when I first started reading her, her question, and I'm like, you know, I've only known like three Archies in my life. And, you know, being as old as I am, of course, there's Archie from the comics, and then there's Archie Bunker from All in the Family. And I actually worked with a nurse named Archie. So, you know, um, it's a cool name. I love it. So anyway, here's her, here's her Archie statement. Were you ever possessed by any of the spirits that follow you? And if so, what happened? And what did you do? Great question, Archie. Again, actually goes really well with our topic today. You know, I don't believe in possession. If I did, then that would mean that I subscribe to the whole demon philosophy, which I don't. The act of possession is when a human or a demon takes over the body of somebody with their negative energy or an unseen force in an effect to harm the person or to have an opportunity to live again in the host body. This just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen realistically, logically, or scientifically. Again, tonight's program is about angels and demons, so we're going to talk about that a little more. Um, Archie, so, you know, I hope you tune in. And again, great question and thank you. So now, <laughs> we always get one, folks. Uh, here's my next one. And this is from Salvatore from Canton. Salvatore from Canton. Sydney, your podcast sucks. It's unprofessional. Your audio quality sucks too. You got no music. Okay, I got no music. Well, Salvador, I guess you never master the um, art of speaking properly. <clears throat> anyway, I got no music. Your topics are boring and your voice is grating. Good luck, though. So, <laughs> you know what, guys? Believe it or not, I love this. Yeah, you're probably thinking, no, I don't. I'm pissed off. Yeah, yeah, I'm a little pissed off, but I actually like this. This guy hates me. He really, really hates me. Doesn't know me. And I don't care. It's my podcast, dude. So my podcast, my way. You know, the audio quality could be better, sure. I mean, am I doing this to have perfect audio quality? Am I an influencer? No, I don't care. I'm just trying to get my point across to you. And I think y'all can hear me. So I don't really care about that. Music? Uh, is it required? I don't, I don't really know. I mean, I, I'm seriously asking, is it required? Uh, do you want me to hum a tune? I can. Maybe a whistle, a little tune, like from the Twilight Zone? Do, 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 I, you know, I'm not going to do that. Um, and if I did, Salvador from Canton, for what reason? Or, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you mean for like an opener or a closer. Um, if that's the case, should it be suspenseful or dramatic? I'm really just trying to get your point. Not that I really want to put too much thinking into it, but I'm, I'm honestly trying to figure out where you come from, dude. Um, so if you have a point, let me know. The only thing I can envision is kind of like the music that plays in my head when I read emails from people like Salvatore from Canton, kind of like a circus song or a cartoon playing over and over again. You know, I'm sorry, folks, but that's, I don't even want to talk about it. So my topics are boring. Dude, why did you turn in, tune in, excuse me? I mean, I think, look at the topic of my podcast, dude, the name of my podcast. Pretty much one would know the type of podcast they might get by looking at the title. I mean, unless you're stupid or oblivious or maybe just stupid. I don't know. Anyway, my voice, yes, there we agree, Salvatore from Canton. Absolutely. 
Um, it really is kind of nasally. And yes, grading, I agree with you. But at least Salvatore, I'm, I'm doing something important with myself. You know, I'm doing something that's important to me, whether you like it or not. Something that will hopefully benefit others, I, I hope. You know, if you don't like what I'm doing, if you don't like the topics that I present, then scroll on by. Or like the song says, walk on by, walk on by. Yeah, go ahead, do it. Do it. Just walk, scroll on, keep going, whatever. You don't have to listen. It's not like you're paying for this, so I wouldn't really worry about it. So, but I want to ask you something. What are you doing? Other than truly ignoring people or annoying people, excuse me, and then trolling through podcasts, attempting to trash others, what that you don't know, what are you doing? I'm going to give you a little unsolicited advice. Since you never really asked me a question, dude, get a life. Get out of mom's basement and meet some people. You know, accomplish something other than being hateful. And as a nurse, I can tell you, if you take that stick out your ass, you might be a little more comfortable. So, you know, as you know, I believe everybody has an opinion and everybody has a right to their opinion and everybody has a right to be heard, including Salvatore from Canton. But I also have a right to respond. So I will respond good, bad, or ugly. And with Salvatore from Canton, unfortunately, you just saw the ugly. So moving on. So I want to say this is the, like the last question because this one got to me, folks. Um, I'm not like a crier, <laughs> for those of you who know me. or I, I'm just not. Um, a little stoic to be. I just had some sarcastic. But um, there are some things that do make me shed a tear. And when uh, I get these kind of emails um, or responses from people, uh, I, I understand how grateful I am that I'm able to do what I do. So the last question is from a Jennifer. And Jennifer says, I hope I can get through this. I didn't when I first read it, so bear with me. Jennifer says she was listening to Sarcastic Psychic on Spotify. Yay! All the way from Alberta, Canada. I mean, like, how freaking cool is that? I, I just, first of all, first of all, Jen, anybody in Alberta, Canada, shout out. Um, you know, thank you for listening. It, Canada is a beautiful place with beautiful people. Uh, and based on Jennifer's question, uh, she sounds like she's a great representative of Canada. Anyway, she says, Sydney, I had looked for someone like you for about 10 years since my mother died. I've been lost. I have no siblings, no father. I've never been married. And I just really didn't know my grandparents as they're estranged. I'm alone. I got to a very low point last year and really was wanting to join my mother. I'm not normally this kind of person, but I was so alone. And at 24, I couldn't think of living the rest of my life in grief. I went on YouTube and saw you. You looked so familiar like I've seen you before, but I, I know I haven't. And I was drawn to you. I listened intently and rewatched your interviews like three times. And then I went to your website, bought your book, and I felt a huge sense of peace. And I had a new understanding of life. I took your words to heart and I listened with my heart. I trusted you and I felt my mom. It was not vague, it was absolute. 
the warmth I felt, the love and the very deep understanding that I'm truly not alone. I'm crying as I write this. <laughs> Don't worry about it, Jen, because I'm crying as I read it. Again, Sydney, if you're ever in Canada, you always have a place to stay. You always have a home with a very grateful fan. Okay, there was more, but that's, that's that part, and uh, I don't think I'd actually be able to get through it anyway. Anyway, her question, does my mother know everything I have gone through since she's passed? Absolutely, as I compose myself. Um, absolutely, Jennifer. Your mom has been by your side ever since she left her physical body. She's seen every tear and every smile, even though she's probably seen more tears. She's every good and bad day she's seen, and she's tried to help you through it. Uh, she might actually, this is what I'm thinking here, she might actually have been the one to make you look to YouTube for answers. It could be why I looked familiar to you and felt comfortable, excuse me, and you felt comfortable with me. Uh, Mom could have been setting this up. I mean, that's honestly, that's what I think because they can do that. You know, Jennifer, I've been very blessed in many ways. And one of my blessings is my ability to reach people like you who need help. I'm so very grateful that you listened to mom. You are truly not alone, as the title of my first book says. Thank you for sharing. Um, and it was a great question, as well as your kind offer. You know, you never know. I might just show up in Canada one day on your doorsteps. And uh, so be careful what you offer up to people. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> here we go you know friends people like Jennifer really are why I do this and it's why I just don't care about the people like Salvatore from Canton I'm sorry he's so angry with the world maybe he's born with a bad attitude or born under a bad sign maybe he's just an unhappy guy or I mean I like to see both sides or maybe he is missing someone you know maybe he suffered a horrible loss and maybe he was taken advantage of by the many frauds out there. And for that, I am truly sorry. So Salvatore from Canton, I, if you're listening, which you probably aren't, but just in case, I can help you. But I'm not going to put up with any of your bullshit. So there I said it. So now on with our topic. Tonight's topic is angels and demons. No, not the movie or the uh, video games. And this is a topic that has so many different thoughts and perceptions. You know, as a matter of fact, there are over one million books written on just this subject alone. So obviously the interest is there. And I'm not going to waste your time with an already saturated topic, but I wanted to point out just a few key scientific facts. I mean, like we like facts, right? So... I did talk briefly about this subject in my first podcast in the beginning and my third podcast entitled, How Do We Get Here? So let's look at some of the basic definitions and we're just going to keep it simple here, ladies and gentlemen, you know, get yourself a glass of wine or some beer or something. We're really just going to keep it really simple here. The definition of the word angel from the Oxford Dictionary is a spiritual being believed to act as an attendant, agent, or messenger of God consensually represented in human form with wings and long robe. Or the definition from the Oxford Dictionary of Demon. An evil spirit or devil, 
especially one thought to possess a person or act as a tormentor in hell. So where do we hear these terms mostly? Well, in the Bible, the Bible's used it, the Torah, the Quran, uh, also in mystical documents from like Merlin. And also there's a lot of mythological chronicles that talk about these entities. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna start with the lesser of the two, the mystics and the mythological people and you know just get them off the plate first they take half of what they talk about from things from the bible or the torah or the quran and the rest they take from like world of fantasy or something like that so i'm going to put that aside because we like science here so i'm honestly just going to stick right this second to the bible the torah and the quran these were written by men storytellers for god or christ they interpreted, they were told things, and they documented them. That's what we're told. Again, for God or Christ, a higher being, a universal source, whichever, these figures, the angel and the devil, were created to represent good versus evil. They are characters to tell a story. So as most words and descriptions in religious text are used as examples and not truly words used by a God himself, we have to look at how men could have come up with these terms in a way that would represent the narrative of being good, being one with God, prudent, pious, or pure, or bad, dark, negative, hateful, and powerful. Well, men always wrote trying to put the light as the positive attribute to have. Light is affiliated with brilliance, clear, free of negativity, again, pure. Dark has always been perceived as sinister, bad, hidden, occult, etc. So let's see how we see these things in everyday light and how they fit this mantra that's been set up for us. So just look at a sunny day. We love sunny days, right? Got a sunny day going on right now. It's bright, it's happy, it's filled with possibilities. I mean, it's just glorious, the sun and everything, the plants, and it's just a good thing. We're happy. And then you have rainy days or cloudy or dark days, and it's depressing, it's dark, it's scary, hopeless. You know, both things are equally important for not only our universe, but our ecological um, status. We have to have the ebb and flow of the seasons, and it actually creates a very stable life for us. But yet we see one as better or we need more of than the other when actually we need them both equally. But again, there's that perception that one is better than the other. Now, a study in Australia, I love this, in 1999 and it repeated again in 2010, found that when people were offered a choice between something light or dark, 94% went to the light object over the dark. This could be something like a cup or a shirt or a picture frame or a car, blah, blah, blah. They even found that people who read the newspapers read newspapers longer if there was more of a white border around the print, the black print, and if there was more of a wider white space in between the paragraphs. I mean, come on, crazy, crazy, but I can see that. 
So when subjects were placed in a room, and this has cracked me up, so they were brought into this room, this big, large, like say a great room, and there's two hallways, and both of these hallways had the doorways, excuse me, the doors removed off the hinges. They were walked down both hallways, all both of equal length, and there was no doors. There were nothing but solid walls and a solid ceiling and a solid floor. There was no pictures, no anything. They were exactly the same. And the people could see this. Then they put them back in the great room, and when they left these people in there by themselves, they shut off the light in one of the hallways. The people instinctively went toward the hallway that still had the light on, or that side of the great room. When asked why, they told the people who were testing them, it was scary. The darkness was scary. I thought something was going to come out of the hallway. I didn't know it was down there. It was so dark. And the testers would say, but you were just down there. When the light was on, you saw that there was no difference in the rooms. And it didn't matter. They had in their makeup, in their minds, that they had to go toward the light and stay away from the darkness, even though it made no rational sense whatsoever. And when I was doing, you know, some stuff through Facebook, because yes, I am on Facebook, and you know, all these stupid ads come up. One of them came up about a pet adoption. And so I kind of looked at it, I like, like puppies, you know. And what I could, it was right there. And they were telling people that more people will adopt readily light colored or white puppies or kittens than they will the darker colored animals. People, we're taught this. We're taught to be fearful of the dark or of dark things. There's no rational or scientific reason for it. There's no difference. Think about why that is and think about how that got put in your mind. It should anger you. I hope it does. So we equate light with good and dark with bad. And shame on us for doing so. So I'm going to get a little deeper in this. One of the other things that, you know, religion and or cultures or history have gotten wrong is witches. You know, witchcraft, the whole bit. A lot of misinformation, a lot of misconception about the whole thing. So, you know, witches used to be hired by wealthy families to come in and take care of their children, to keep their wealth coming, to make sure their home was blessed. They were very revered people, and they were kind of worshipped for what they do. They were not bad people. But what happened is a certain religious text, and I'm not going to say, excuse me, sext, and I'm not going to say which one, came along and said, oh, no, we can't have somebody else being worshipped more than we are. So that's when you get into all the depiction of witches consorting with the devil and um, creating spells and so. So what do they do? Honestly, if you look back at a lot of when they started the witch hunts, a lot of um, the pictures, if you can find pictures of it, the women were dressed, men were dressed just like everybody else. They were not wearing anything different. They, you would not have been able to pick them up out of a lineup of anybody different in their town or their village. But yet that's not what we are told when we think of witches. We're taught of these women or men wearing, you know, the black pointy hat. Picture Halloween. The black long dress or whatever robe. They got the big nose with a wart on the end of it because I guess a wart is something. I I don't know what it is. 
And of course, they're stirring their pot on the cauldron of, I don't know, children. And they have their broomstick. You know, none of that is even factual, but what does it do? It, it makes us think about something that is not nice to look at, something malevolent, something gruesome. And that's how they depicted these people for no reason. It's not even factual. Now, certainly there were people that practiced the art of witchcraft. Absolutely. I'm not saying that didn't happen. But what I did find out is there's a lot, going way back in our history, a lot of people that were uh, accused of witchcraft, usually by their neighbors. You know, the finger was being pointed at this one, that one, for one other reason, usually to get the blame off themselves. But these witch hunts, if you want to call them, went back to 1427 to 1436, excuse me, in Savoy, Scotland. Those were huge. I mean, we always think about uh, Salem, obviously. But if you do some reading about this, what you also find out is that because even in Scotland at that time, it was against the law to um, burn people at the stake, those that were accused and found guilty, they were hung and then their bodies were burned, including in Salem. Now, am I saying if some people were dragged out of their houses before a trial and they weren't you know, put against a pole and they weren't burned, that's true. But if they went through the legal system and they were condemned, that's not how it went. Also, there's a lot of documentation that shows that many of the judges and the lawyers knew that these people were not witches and that they knew the normal human desire to point the finger at somebody else. And so only 20% of people who were ever brought to trial who were ever um, reported to be a witch were actually hung. The rest were not. But that's not what we're taught. We're taught that just about every one of them, all these poor people, they got, you know, they were killed. And it's not true. So once again, a lot of misinformation. I always like to bring out fact because I like fact. But again, with these witches, they take something that's very honest and they create it to look like something negative, something harmful when that was not its main intent. But you have to again look at the source. Who did this and why? Who told us that witches were bad? And they consorted with the devil, and so they put them in this dark color, make them look ugly, and that they're consorting with the devil. Who told us that? Where'd that come from? Where did the definition of angel and devil come from? Who decided that? Just think about it. That's all I'm asking you to do. So, you know, there's a lot of shamans and other faith healers and things like that that talk about the light that comes out of us as our energy, but it's the darkness that stays retained inside of us. So, you know, to me, they have it more right. And I'm gonna keep going on this type of genre to bring you to a point. So, you know, sociologists will tell you that we will understand and associate more with something like ourselves, something more familiar. So let's look at why certain religious groups would have done something like this. They would have made these two figures resemble humans because that's what it says. The Bible says that they resemble humans. The devils are fallen angels used to be in human form. They were fallen angels. Okay. Angels, same thing that they took on a human form. This is what they said. So why would they do that? 
Well, easy, because we can relate to them. So let's put the two things together. I mean, we will accept someone who looks like us. So angel or devil in a human form. And we've been preconditioned to the light dark phenomenon. So now all that's left is to describe stories to go with these two figures in an effect to pull us away away from or toward the other. The light being the good and the evil being the bad or negative. Now, there's no scientific proof here that these entities actually even exist. Only the documentation by men in the Bible or other religious texts. We know many stories also written in these texts are misrepresented, untraceable, and just plain false. So what's the truth? I don't know. But what I can say is that we do have some documentation and studies into what people may actually experience that is connected with the angels and demon philosophy. So first I'm going to give you my thought because it's my podcast, so there. This is my feeling, that angels are actually our loved ones. That's what people are experiencing. You know, our loved ones protect us, our loved ones guide us, our loved ones give us direction. And our loved ones are always there. And the way that they're perceived when they're seen can actually look like they have wings. And I'm going to explain that in a minute. And the devil? The devil is just negative energy. And what is that? That's us. That's the living. Now you're probably thinking, okay, Sydney, you're just going way too far here. I don't know what the heck you're talking about, blah, blah, blah. Well, just listen. Give me a minute. Angels are described as having wings. Now, I can see that. I can see that with our loved ones because when our loved ones present, it's their energy form. It's not their physical form. It's their energy form. And energy is constant. And energy is flowing. And energy does reach out and usually more to the sides than, say, cephalocaudal, head to toe. So I can see where it might look like wings to people. And, but the white does completely come from their essence or their being. So maybe looking like a robe. Who knows? But I can see how they might get wings from that. The Bible describes the angels as having a likeness, a kinship, a mirror of resemblance. Well, if these angels were not known to us in their celestial beings from the heavens, then they wouldn't have a likeness to anything we'd know. A kinship, a kinship needs to be related to or something like that. They wouldn't be related to us, right? And a mirror of resemblance, we wouldn't know them. Mere resemblance means that, that we know who they were and we'd recognize them. That to me sounds more like our loved ones who have passed. Let's talk about demons. Demons are described as dark, evil, harmful, malevolent. So both of these entities, angels and demons, by the very nature of their being, are energy. Whatever way you want to see them, they're energy. Energy isn't dark. Energy is light. So therefore, that doesn't work very well for the demons. As far as evil goes, they are in their energy form. Anger, resentment, sadness, fear, love, evil, everything that's a human emotion is exactly that. And these two entities are not human any longer or never were. They're not in a human form. They're in an energy form. When we die, 
those things go with our physical source, our carcass. They don't retain with our energy. So therefore, it doesn't even make sense, scientifically otherwise, that demons would be evil or they'd be harmful because they wouldn't have that capability. But who does? We do. Who are the most dark, evil, harmful, malevolent beings that you know right now? People walking around with you every day. Maybe people you work with. Maybe even in your own family. There's more that supports my hypothesis that angels will truly are loved ones who have passed away and that the demons or the negative uh, effects are more coming from us because we are biological human living beings and we have the human emotions that create this negative energy. Again, my thought. So the characteristics of both more match our loved ones being the angels based on their aura and that our living self with human emotions are more so demons able to do human deeds. Let's talk about heaven. Heaven uh, is described by the Bible as a place described as the abode of God, angels, and the good. In literary works, it's just described as the sky where the sun, moon, stars, and planets are situated. In Psalm, God talks about that Jesus walks in the heavens on the earth. I'm going to repeat it again. Jesus walks in the heavens on the earth. Okay, just think about that for a second. In Thessalonians, earth is the heaven or haven God created. Haven being a place to live. Earth is the heaven or haven God created. And Mark, followers pil pilgrimaged through the land of heaven on earth. And there's more, but I just want to pick out a few. Again, if you read deeper in more and more of these comments that are made in the Bible, it would more appear that the heaven was on the earth. It wasn't a separate entity up in the sky. It was more akin to or combined with. So, you know, the energy is crumbs from the universe. And scientists um, and people who have studied um, astrology and things like that and physics, especially quantum physics, they believe that there's at least seven realms that we walk in and out of every day that we're oblivious to, that we don't see, but we can interact with these realms and they interact with us. So does it make more sense that, you know, we don't have to give places a name? I mean, do we, do we have to call it heaven? How about if we just call it the United States? What's in a name? But we are all in the same place. That makes more sense that we all come together because we're all energy in the same place. Now let's talk about hell. The Bible describes it as a place described as the realm of evil and suffering, a place of perpetual fire beneath the earth where the wicked are punished. In literary terms, it's a place of torture, sadness, grief, where negative and harm reigns. Thomas says the disciples lived in their own personal hell. Hmm. Own personal hell. Hell. A place of torment, sadness, grief. Where I can see that. I can see that. Corinthians. Upon the earth they walk. Their despair creates the depth of hell within. Hmm. 
Their despair creates the depths of hell within. Literary, a place of torment, sadness, grief, where negative and harm reigns. I don't know. Kind of sounds like hell is within us. That's what I'm getting from it. So, you know, logic and science puts a different spin on it. A forced belief in two separate worlds, one for good and one for evil. It was perpetuated by many religions, I'm sorry, and a way to create a model by which to live. One of love, kindness, and ultimately everlasting life, which is not necessarily a bad thing. I'm all for it. I believe in God, just so you know. I've told you all before. I believe in, you know, an everlasting life. I believe in a higher power, so I'm all good with that. And then one of anger and hatred, pain, and everlasting torture. I see this differently. I don't believe that there's two different places that we go to once that we die. I believe that the place where we get the most love, the place where we get the ability to show love and kindness and to learn lessons is right here. And I believe hell is also right here within ourselves. I think the science supports that more than the other mantra. The religious version is a philosophy. The science version is more exact and reflective of the true meaning of both words. I mean, seriously, do you want a philosophy, something to think about, or do you want to actually look at a direct definition of the meaning of words? Now, before I get hate mail, these are my feelings based on lots of research and my life experiences. This does not have to be yours. I'm not forcing anything on you. I'm just offering another view, something to think about. And in the end, do any of us really know? No, we don't. So lastly, I just want to touch upon the topic of poltergeists and possessions. Supposedly, both can be manifested by harmful negative energies. Scientists have already looked at this, and there's a mountain, mountain of evidence that both of these can be manifested by our own negative energies. The body and the brain are both great conductors of overwhelming negative energy we create. It short circuits the nervous system, the musculoskeletal system, the limbic system, the endocrine system. Stress kills. Have you ever heard that? Stress can so, get so bad, especially over a long period of time, that these systems just go crazy and the body reacts. The mind creates illusions. And this is definitely the cause of poltergeist phenomenon. I'm not saying these people are faking it. I mean, some of them are. But, you know, I mean, the body can do amazing things that we haven't even tapped into yet. The negative vibrations in your body, negative entities that cause havoc in the body and throw off all these symptoms can cause um, things like rigidity in the muscles and tightening in the muscles, can change vo your voice sounding, can squeeze on uh, your, your voice box to make you sound graspy and rough like that can make your muscles do twitch and do very weird things. Um, and it's been proven and over and over and over again. We have to understand how stress left unhelped can really take us down. So, you know, the body is going to react and the body is going to create these illusions. And again, this is all based upon science, guys. And as I say all the time, science is just not for smart people. So I'm just asking you to think, open your mind, but don't be a sponge and just reverberate out of your mouth what, what you, know, you hear without checking, not even my stuff. Yeah, I just said that. I know I have 
you know, probably hurt many of your feelings, but get over it. If it forces you to contemplate life and its meaning and get you off your ass and do your own research, then, you know, cry me a river. I just don't care. Uh, you know, so I hate to like, well, no, actually I don't hate to hurt your feelings. I'm not putting my personal opinion on you. I'm telling you my beliefs. I'm telling you where I find this information. Go check yourself. If you check yourself and you turn around, you think to yourself, oh, you know, Sydney's so full of shit. None of this stuff that she says is right. Good. At least you did something. At least you looked, you educated yourself. But I have a feeling that you're going to find I'm right. You might be a little disappointed. You might be a little pissed. But it's not necessarily a bad thing. So for all of you who write into the show, thank you. I do appreciate your questions. And I, and I know that you've had to wait a little bit longer for the answers on these. But, um, you know, hopefully things will get back in the groove a little bit. And um, I'll be able to get back to you quicker on your questions. And remember, here we go again, Salvatore from Cantor. If you want to talk civilized, like adults, if you can, let's do it. I, I, that's what I'm here for. Otherwise, bye-bye. So for everyone else, you know, please visit my website at sydneyshermanauthor.com to see what events I have coming up. And please, please, please share my podcast with your friends, your families, your coworkers, your neighbors, your enemies. You know, even if you don't like them, you know, they might be my cup of tea. Who knows? But it doesn't hurt. Just, just give it a share. And then if you do listen on Spotify or one of the others, please give me a star rating. I'm not saying you have to give me a five star, although, you know, I'll love you forever. Um, but if you give me a one star, I mean, if you can't even give me a one star, I mean, like, what the hell? But just please do that and please follow me. I, I really, really appreciate it. The next podcast topic, um, <laughs> it's going to be a surprise. It's going to be such a surprise. It's a surprise to me. Honestly, folks, I don't even know what it's going to be. Um, I got this wild hair up my ass and I thought, geez, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to take all these suggestions that people have given me and I'm going to put them in a ball and I'm going to pick one out. I mean, why not? Why should I have to be the one doing all the work all the time? So if you'd like to get in on that, please send your suggestion for topics. You might get picked. You're not going to win anything, but you know, you might get picked. And you can send those suggestions to uh, Sydney Sherman, author at yahoo.com. And also you can send your stories, your experiences, your thoughts, your feelings, you know, whatever. I'm an open book. I don't care. But please, again, if you're going to do that, let me know if I can use your name because otherwise it's just going to come out my mouth. So lastly, today is Father's Day. And I didn't want to let Father's Day go on without, you know, thanking my father, um, who I'm so grateful. I'm going to be 60 next month, and he's still with me, and I still get to talk to him every day. He's such a blessing in my life. And, of course, to my wonderful, wonderful husband, who, you know, honestly is responsible for just about everything I do and has been my sidekick, my best friend, and um, I couldn't have asked for a better father for my children. But I hope all the fathers out there, you know, I hope, that you get honored today the way you should be. But please also remember to honor those that still celebrate, but they just may not be here in the physical self. They're still here, and they're still your father. So until next time, folks, stay open, stay aware, stay informed, and stay cool. Ciao.